You are listening to Trophy Horse with your host, Tricky Mick, Alex, I yield to no one, Steve. everybody welcome to trophy horse this is episode 335 i am your fill-in host that's right it's me it's steve i have returned it's been oh i don't know six weeks seven weeks something like that been a while with me this week is alex how are you alex well thank you for giving me a normal intro there steven uh yeah i'm not i'm not messing around tricky, i'm not i'm not doing that stuff tricky usually does this like michael michael buffer stuff where he tries to pump everything up and it's nice you know but every once in a while you just kind of got to go low-key into the show so i'm good sometimes sometimes less is more alex sometimes yeah. less is more i'm doing really damn well um, because this week shadow of the colossus comes out for ps4 very excited about that. Well, we we will touch on that a, a little bit later in the show. Um, and not I have never yielded, and Alex has never yielded, but I know for a fact I yield to no one has never yielded. What's going on, man? Oh, I'm here, ready to record, ready to throw some people over top rope. Woo! Woo! Okay. <laughs> All Becky right. Uh, let's start the show. She was robbed. Yeah. She was, she was, but you know what? She had a, a strong showing and, uh, I, I'm looking for a, uh, forward to a very strong, uh, next couple of pay-per-views out of Becky Lynch, big things to come, Yeah, but let, en- enough of that. We don't want, we don't want to get into the wrestling a little can, too can much Can I just here. say one thing before we move on? Of course you can. Favorite part one of that match. Thing. I thought the women's rumble was really well, um, um, oh, what's the booked. word looking for? Yeah, it's really well booked. Like they could not have done any better. Well, there might be some contention on that, but my favorite part was Beth Phoenix versus Nia Jax. Them saying, "Oh, yeah, no one can, cool. no one can contend with Nia Jax," and then Beth Phoenix comes out, and it's like, "Yeah, okay." So that's my favorite part. Youngest member of the WWE Hall of Fame. She's still she, only like thirty seven. She she's definitely one of my. I know she was always one of my favorites in the women's division. Um, it was nice seeing her in there. Um, let's start off with our updated trophy count. As always, Tricky is uh, level thirty four. He has. 8,634 total trophies and 82 platinums. And he's decided that he's going to keep all of his future platinums from now to 100 super top secret so other people don't try and and use his strategy against him. Alex, what do you got on your trophies? Let let me me tell you what it is. Chumpity chump chump chumpster. (laughs) I'm sure you're just going to pay somebody to play for him on his account. Uh, I don't think he need, he needs to do that. He's he's got a lot of free time. <laughs> well, when you can play Alex, video games at work, then yeah, you do have a lot of time to play games. Uh, I am level thirty. I have six thousand five hundred and one total trophies, and I have ninety six platinums in ninety burp ninety six platinums in ninety five games. Beautiful, beautiful yield. What do you got? I am currently at a level twenty five with a trophy count of four nine oh nine. And 74 Platinums in 74 games. Beautiful. And uh, I am still at 14, but I did get eight trophies since la- the uh, last week's episode. So I'm Woo! at 1778, and I still am sitting on four Platinums. But I promise you, that is changing this weekend. Balls to the and fucking wall. Sid, that's right. It is changing. I I, I have uh, I got hooked, guys. I got hooked on uh, Telltale Batman. And uh, 
it's going to happen. It's, uh, I mean, it's, I know it's an easy one, but still, it's going to start opening the floodgates. I know it. Um, Sid is at level 28. He's got 6373 and his trophy, uh, and his total trophy count. And he's got 89 platinums because he's an absolute beast of an animal. Um, he is, he is getting platinums at a rate. I don't think I've ever seen before. Sid's going to be the first to a hundred. Yeah. It's insane. Um, so anyway, uh, what are you, what are we, what are we playing before we get into the news? Why don't we talk about what we're playing? Um, if you don't mind, I will start just because it's fresh in my mind and I don't know what to think, but last night I streamed on, uh, twitch.tv slash proving gamer, uh, my first ever monster hunter experience. Um, Andy, my co-host of Nintendo Dual Screens, came over to my house. He brought Monster Hunter. He said, here, try it. Let's." And uh, I decided to stream it. And I got to be honest, guys, I don't know what to think about it. Have you guys ever played a Monster Hunter? I have not, no. No, can't say that I have. I know that it's wildly popular in Japan. Sure. I, I mean, it definitely has a hook to it that I could see becoming very addicting very quickly. Um, my only real issue is that the combat itself is not very good. It's, um, it, it feels almost like Dragon Age Inquisition, except without the flash and also without the aiming. Um, there's no target lock. All you can do, if you, if you lock onto a target, all it does is center it on your screen, but only for that second. Um, so it, it doesn't constantly keep it in the middle of the screen, so you can't really focus on one creature and you could get mobbed very quickly with a bunch of different creatures. So, you know, it just doesn't feel satisfying when you're actually fighting. Obviously the rewards from it are why you fight and, and that keeps you going, but I don't know. I, I'm tossing whether tossing up, whether or not I should, I should take the plunge and play the game, but uh, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. I did two hours. Um, I got to my first like real hunt, uh, finish that. And I don't, I don't know. I don't know what to think about it. Um, Yield, what have you been playing? Uh, I've been playing some Lego Jurassic Hold World. On. If if I may. No, you may. Sure. Sorry, yield. No, go ahead. Sorry to interrupt you there. Uh, Steven, what, what, you talked about how there's a, a hook to it that you can see as being uh, something that's going to pull you in. What exactly is that about Monster Hunter, for those of us who have never the, played? Yeah, it's the classic um, MMO slash... Uh, games of service type hook. It's it's you kill creatures, you gather their resources, you use the resources to build ar- new armor, new weapons, uh, upgrade your weapons, upgrade your armor, change your look. It's all about getting the new hotness. It's all about striving for the next best item that you can possibly have. And I obviously that's a it's a it's a loot it's a loot game. It's a Diablo type situation, except you make the stuff. You don't just find it lying around. You gather and the resources. You say, oh, I need to kill 35 of these little monsters because I need 35 of their hides in order to get this upgrade in my armor that I really want. I like the way it looks and, and it's the play style that I'm, that I'm used to. Like when I play, I play, I try and play fast moving characters with light armor. I don't like that lumbering type thing. Typically, if I could play, if there's a rogue in a game, I'll play a rogue, that type. Um, so like I want the best leather armor. I want the best light armor that I can get. So I would, that's, that's the loop. The loop is go there and you hunt down these animals that give you the materials to make the best possible armor for your level. And it's the, the interesting thing that it does is that every mission that you get, every single hunt that you go on, you can make public and you could ask either one person, two people or three people to join you in your hunt. 
And the community is extraordinarily helpful because there's no benefit to being a dick in the game. You, you, everybody shares everything. Everybody helps everybody. It's, it's actually quite remarkable to see an online community that plays like that. Cause destiny is, is the, is the game, the other game that I've been playing a lot of recently. And it has a very similar hook and it has a very similar community, except if you're not good at destiny, people will actively kick you out or, or drop out of the game because they don't want to play with somebody who's bad. Whereas in monster hunter, they want you to get good because if you're if you're playing better, then you help them more. You if you have higher level missions, if you have uh, the ability to do something to do a mission that they want or something like that, there's just a lot of give and take there w- within the the online community in that game. Um, so I, I think it has a lot going for it that can really raise its its popularity in the West because those the West is getting more and more used to these games of services, but they're not exactly friendly territory. They're not exactly great communities to be a part of a hundred percent of the time. Um, but in monster hunter, I feel like everybody in there is just like, let me help you. Let's figure, you know, let's figure this out. Let's fight this thing. Oh, you're, you're, if you jump in this way, you're going to get killed. And the the other interesting thing, and I know I'm droning on, but I'll wrap it up here. The other interesting thing is um, there's a three deaths and the mission has to restart type thing. So if you're playing with a group, there's no incentive for, for them letting you die. They're going to try and keep you alive as much as they can and, and, and vice versa. So if you die, if you're the weak character, you die three times, that sucks for the group, but it's basically the group failing you. It's not you failing the group. That's how it's viewed in, in the community. So it, it's, it's really cool. It, it's, it is very cool. I just really did not like the actual hand-to-hand combat of it. Um, it just seems very inaccurate and, and f- like you're flailing about. Um, maybe I'll try a different weapon. Maybe, maybe that's, that's the thing. Cause the weapons all play very differently, almost like in uh, Bloodborne and uh, Dark Souls. Um, but yeah, I don't want to go on too long. So yield, let's kick it over to you. What have you been playing? Well, I, I hope the community sticks up to uh, what you are saying it is because I've pretty much given up on multiplayer games for the fact that it seems like 90% of the players out there are douches. So what I've been playing is I've been playing some Lego Jurassic World, finished out the single player uh, last night. So now I'm down to just free world and go back through free play. And I jumped back into some Uncharted 4. Uh, Ooh. Went uh, went to the multiplayer to get the uh, trophies in that, which I'm down to one, which was only five to get. And then I'm going to go back through and get my hard and crushing and all the hidden. And all the hidden. I do not envy you. All the hidden trophies. <laughs> but the, while I was talking about the multiplayer, I jumped into Uncharted's and I was like, First impression, I was like, yeah, not caring for this too much, so we'll just hurry up and get the trophies and move on. And it's just, yeah, I, I don't know what it is about U.S. players or just combat players in general, but people are jerks. <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's just people are selfish. That's really what it comes down to, I find. So, and that's it. That's all I've been playing. Sweet. Alex, what about you? So, I finished Inside. I found all the secrets, so I got 100% in Inside. Super happy about that, because great game, play dead, great studio. 
Now, right before Shadow of the Colossus comes out, I finally started playing The Last Guardian. And I'm not that far into it. Uh, Trico and I um, just got out of the cave, the cave where he was being held captive. So Mm -hmm. I'm still really young or really early into the game. It's going to be kind of a slow burn because... It, it has taken me, at least, it's kind of jarring to deal with the um, control scheme that they use, Japan Studio, because usually, like, in a game, X is jump. Well, in Last Guardian, much like Shadow of the Colossus, I, I'm pretty sure, triangle is jump. So it kind of inverts the right. entire control scheme, and, like, everything that you've learned, like, the control should be intuitive, but everything you've learned that, like, since you've been playing games is pretty much thrown on Ted because they use a different control scheme. So I'm still kind of dealing with that and having some trouble, like, trying to jump on Trico and then hitting the wrong button and I'm letting go and falling off. So a little frustrating to start, but, you know, once I get used to the controls, I'm sure it'll be fine. Um, yeah, like I said, I'm not too far into it, but I'm excited to play and see how it goes. Uh, and um, I don't know. I am i don't know if I'm going to buy Shadow of the Colossus and start playing it before I finish The Last Guardian, if I'm going to go through The Last Guardian and then play Shadow of the Colossus. I don't know. But uh, I'm excited to finally get to play The Last Guardian, and I'm super excited that Shadow of the Colossus is coming out. And so many people are going to get to experience it for the first time, and I'll get to experience it for, like, the upteenth time. So. Coming out on Tuesday. Uh, that yes. is the 6th? Yes, it's already February, everyone. Yep. Run for the hills. Yep. Lose your minds. Yeah, we're going to be cranking, sh- we're going to be clanking champagne glasses here before we know it at the end of 2018. Oh, good lord. All right, well, that's uh, that wraps up what we're playing. So let's why don't we just dive right into the news here? You got you, buckle your buckle your safety belts here, folks. We got a uh, how many items? We got six items, I think. Yes. Yeah, we got six items on, on our on our news list here. First things first, uh, PlayStation Plus. The free games for February 2018 have been announced. Uh, looks like a halfway decent um, lineup, I guess. Kind of, sort of. Sony has um, a real <laughs> knack for picking out g- winning games for PlayStation Plus. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. Knack. Knack is coming to you for free on the PS4. Uh, also, Rhyme is coming for PS4. Uh, the list is rounded up with uh, Splunker HD on PS3. Uh, Muggin Souls Z coming to ps3 exiles end on vita and then grand kingdom on vita and ps4 now i could have swore oh yeah starblood arena right starblood arena is also coming to uh vr so if you have the vr i actually added it to my list just in case because if i ever do get vr i want a nice backlog of games to go through but it's a it's a it it, it reviewed halfway decent so if you have vr and you, you didn't play starblood arena give it a give it a try um have you guys tried uh played rhyme no no sir yeah it the, the interesting thing about these two titles knack and rhyme is that they were both they were very i don't want to i guess knack wasn't very divisive knack was kind of just middle of the road 60 percent of the people liked it and the rest of the people hated it um but Rhyme, it's it's up and down as well. Rhyme, depending on the platform you're playing on, uh, has performance issues and stuff like that. It'd be interesting to see um, how it performs on, on PS4. And, and I have a Pro, so I don't know if that's going to make any difference. But um, it'd be interesting. I added them to my library. I know you guys probably are too, because you're compulsive like me in that manner. Um, yeah, I know Yield played Knack. I've got the Platinum in Knack. And I have never... I, I did play Knack. So what do you guys think of Knack? Should I play it, or is it is it worth it? It's um, dreadfully boring. Uh, I enjoyed the the game. 
it kind of reminds you of the old platform games. So, that's, exa- that's exactly um, right. that's exactly right. Yep. Um, the, I enjoyed the story. Um, the platinum does become a grind because of the diamonds that you have to find. Um, I I had myself set up really well for somebody like you to come in and get all your diamonds quite easily because when you find a treasure chest, you can either take whatever the game gives you, which it's it's random, or you can look at what your friends have gotten out of their out of that box when they opened it. So I had myself set up that when I did my diamond run, I found like all but like three diamonds in my diamond run. Because what I would do is if I didn't find a diamond, like if I started a level and you got a treasure chest within the first, let's say, minute of the level. If I didn't find a diamond, I would quit the level, quit out of the game and reload the game. So that way it didn't save. And then you could go back and reopen the treasure chest. And I kept doing that until I found a diamond. And then I would continue on playing because once you open the chest, it's open. You can't chapter select it. You have to do it in a, in a you know, you have to find them in a, in a playthrough. So I had myself set up that on one of my final playthroughs of the game, I was going through all my diamonds and find all my uh, treasure chests in one playthrough. So that way, if like somebody like anybody else on my friends list would play Knack, they would here, the diamonds are really easy for you. Well, I dorked up my... I missed one treasure chest in that playthrough, so I had to play through it again, and in doing so, I dorked up all the diamonds, because I had like 10 or 12 diamonds lined up throughout the entire playthrough. So, feel free to take any diamonds you find in my playthrough, Alex, but it's you're still going to have to farm a little bit to find the rest of them. Blech. For me, it seemed like a um, very, very bare-bones platformer, mascot-type platformer. Um, Probably really good if I was 12, but as an adult, it wasn't something I was really interested in, and I skipped on Knack 2 for similar reasons. Um, Moving on to the second news here, second bit of news here, Kaz Harai is officially stepping down as the Sony CEO. This is something that we were told was going to happen at some point this year, but now we officially have a date for it. Um, This one's coming from IGN uh, by Joe Scribbles. Kazurai will will step down as Sony CEO after successful six-year reign. The move was proposed by Harai himself, who will take on a new role as chairman, so he's not really going too far. It follows the departure of PlayStation CEO Andrew House last October. Um, And I just want to read this one little... uh, other little part here, during his time as CEO, Harai instituted the one Sony strategy which saw the company sell off its Vio laptop business, revamp its TV business, and prioritize its gaming division. I think that decision alone is why we're st- PlayStation 4 standing on top of the mountain, so to speak. Um, what do you guys think of this news? Um, he's officially stepping down, by the way, as of April Fool's Day. So, believe it or not. Kazurai stepping down on April 1st. Uh, I mean, he has been at the helm of, uh, for a long, long time, um, the Sony, the PlayStation branch of Sony. Uh, and, you know, there was the whole fiasco with the, the Blu-ray drives and PS3s and, you know, really cocky comments about people buying um, or, like, uh, getting a second job to afford a PlayStation, which I don't think they came from Kazurai, so I don't think he said that. Um, but you know, there was a certain air of cockiness to the entire Sony games arm, um, of which he was a part of, 
But, you know, under him, the uh, the games division has flourished, especially, you know, once the PS3 got up and running, they, you know, it was, it was I think, the best system far and away of last generation. This generation, it's, you know, I, I think it's, again, the best system. Uh, it sells really well, it sold really well, uh, popular with every, with a lot of people. Well, duh, popular with a lot of people. But I, I think that the, the games version has really, it's sputtered at first uh, between the PS2 and the PS3 launch. But he's gotten it back on track. He and a lot of other people have gotten it back on track. So I think under him, the PlayStation brand has really flourished. And, you know, it's sad to see him go. But at the same time, you know, we all have things in life where we've been in a position for a long time. And we just kind of want to step outside that and do something else. Or, you know, just retire and take a rest and just get away from it all. Or give somebody else a chance to see, to bring new ideas to the table, uh, you know, uh, invigorate uh, the, the you, you know, it's interesting because he is stepping down while PlayStation's at its all, at all time high. So it's almost like when uh, when a president inherits like a really good economy and stuff like that and takes, you know, credit for all of it. I, I mean, we'll we'll see what <laughs> what happens uh, to the, uh, it, oh, who is the, uh, we have the name of the person coming next, right? It's kind of like Kazurai, um is leaving because it's, it's kind of like what else do i have to prove sony is or playstation's at an all-time high i got nothing left to do here i'm gonna go i'm gonna go take my ball and do something else now i mean it doesn't say that he's going to leave sony entirely so he may just do something else within play the playstation brand but um yeah he's done a really good job leading that division and at this point what else do you got to prove so if he wants to do something right. else so, hell yeah sony's cfo Kenichiro Yoshida will take over the role, so we'll see what happens on that front. Hopefully they ride this wave and don't look back. Um, Red Dead Redemption 2 has a new date, um, and has been pushed back. It will be now releasing on October 26th, and the rest of the gaming world is running as far away from October 26th as possible, or you would think that they should be. Um, Yeah, so uh, what was originally slated for Spring 2018... It looks like they needed a little bit more time for polish, so they're pushing it back to October, which is honestly, I, I thought it would come out in the fall anyway. They they follow the big fall game trend almost every time they release a, one of their big games. Um, but what does this mean for those other games that usually come out in, in October and early November? Are we going to see Call of Duty push, or are they comfortable where they are? Um we know Anthem was already pushed to next year. Um, I, I don't know. I, I think everybody's got to run for the hills here from uh, Red Dead Redemption 2 because it's going to be one hell of a game. You mean you'll um, probably see some cannibalization of sales between games, but at the same time, if it's, if it's a game like you know Call of Duty or something like that that people want to play, then they're going to play it. So they may play one game first, but then they'll jump into another one later. I really think sure. that... Um, I think it's not necessarily the larger games um, that are going to suffer. I think it's maybe some smaller games that are going to get lost in the shuffle. Because, you know, there are downtimes in gaming when people are looking for something to play, and that's when a lot of those other smaller games, uh, PSN games, whatever, kind of rise to the top. It's like, okay, I'll give this a chance, or like, I'll play this game that I got for PSN Plus uh, as a freebie. But when a game like Red Dead comes out, it's like nothing else matters. So you still have those other big games in mind. Uh, so unless the the multiplayer component dies off immediately, then I think those games will be fine. I think what you're going to see is a lot of the smaller games um, that need that get more attention when there aren't as many big games. That's where you're really going to see the issues. 
See, I, I would like to believe that, and uh, Yield, I'll let you jump in uh, in a couple of seconds. I would like to believe that, but with Super Mario Odyssey selling something like, I don't know, what was it, 9, 10 million copies, it didn't seem to slow down the indie scene on the Switch at all. Um, the, the indie games on Switch are selling better than on any console or any PC or any platform, even with games like Zelda, Mario Kart, Mario, uh, Splatoon, all selling in you know millions and millions of copies so I, I don't know if that's just a unique thing to these xbox and playstation ecosystems where people just focus on that one thing well, you gotta remember Maybe it's because that, of the portability like, of the switch but you gotta remember with like know. you know uh first party exclusives and then third party publishing nintendo traditionally has not had strong third 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 party support whereas on the xbox and the playstation you may have uh, a bunch of third-party games hitting all the time where you get, like, one or two big uh, console exclusives. Whereas Nintendo, who traditionally gotten, like, one, like, game, big game a year, like, a Mario may came up one year, but then, like, another year you've got a Zelda. So, like, there's a lot more space between those big games. So you may have a big game come out like Super Mario Odyssey, but what other, what else was available for the Switch at the same time to flank that? Whereas, like, you know, you get into the fall and you're a PlayStation 3 and Xbox owner, you may have something like, uh, you know, Red Dead come out and Battlefield come out around the same time and then Call of Duty come out around the same time. Um, and I, I, I mean, I guess Call of Duty and Battlefield, they're now like putting those on the Switch, aren't they? Uh, not, not yet. Okay. Nothing's confirmed yet. I, I would imagine so um, based on the success of, of Doom, the Doom port that ran well and only really needed some texture changes to, to run as well as it did. So, I don't know. Bethesda did some special stuff over there on, on the Switch, so I don't know if other people want to put that amount of effort into it, but we'll see. So while Nintendo um, may release like a really, it's like like a race. So while Nintendo might re- release a really big like car, like um, a really well known like giant like Mario, there's not as many cars in the running on a Switch as there are on the PlayStation Four and Xbox One because there are more games available, more um, high profile AAA games available for those consoles. So I kind of tend to agree with Alex that um, it, Red Dead sales won't hurt initially, but when you get into November and you've got your Call of Duty and your Battlefields and maybe your Assassin's Creeds, the online component will die off very quickly because now all of a sudden now I've got my new shiny, uh, you know, Call of Duty to play. Um, and a lot of, like I also agree with Alex, a lot of the smaller games will get hurt. Because now you know everyone's going to run to Red Dead. I I always thought that they should always stick to their midsummer, late summer release when there's nothing out there, because now everyone's going to buy your game no matter what. So this is the second time the game's been delayed for polish reasons. So I mean I'm sure it'll be outstanding. It's Rockstar, but I'm 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 slightly disappointed that. They moved it to October. I thought it would always be like July, August. All right. Well, hopefully it doesn't slip again because that would be really obnoxious. Um, Moving on in the news. This is interesting, and I haven't been able to check this out. I don't know if you guys have, but God of War and Facebook have come together on a little collaboration for a text adventure game um, called A Call from the Wilds. 
Again, it's more wilds. I don't know what it, what it is with Sony and, and wilds, but... Those untamed um, wilds, they'll get you if you're not careful. <laughs> they, they get you every time. So this, uh, this adventure explores Atreus' past. There are eight pieces of art to unlock if you complete the story. This is from IGN.com. Just going to read a little snippet here. Um, Sony has collaborated with Facebook on a God of War text adventure titled A Call from the Wilds, and it is out now on Facebook's Messenger app. Interesting. According to Santa Monica Studios' announcement on Twitter, players will explore the Norse wilds as Atreus. Atreus? Atreus? Atreus. Um, Atreus, yeah. Uh, on his first adventure. The text adventure consists of several chap- uh, several chapters, and if you make it to the end, you'll unlock eight pieces of concept art. You'll make choices and type out commands in order to progress through the tale. Interesting. They are doing a lot of weird art and backstory and, and strange stuff with God of War, um, which leads me to believe that the game itself is going to be a lot more focused, which I like. Um, you get all this extra stuff elsewhere, but um, this is interesting. Have you have you guys checked this out? No, sir, I have not. I've, as I said before, I think God of War needs to be done. Um, I'm not Ooh. really looking forward to this game, to be perfectly honest. So I'm, uh, yeah, anything involving it or connected to it is just not going to get any of my attention. I'm just, after God of War 3, I'm just kind of like, where else are we going to go? See, I, I, I always liked the games, but I didn't feel a emotional connection to any of it. I just played them because they were really cool action games. This one, I feel like, is a different genre altogether. And I like the way it, it looks and feels way better than the other God of War. So I didn't play anything. Well, I did play Chains of Olympus, I guess, on, on uh, what was that, PSP? Um Played, played that one, but I played one, two, and three and chains, but I didn't play Ascension or anything like that. So I look forward, I'm looking forward to getting back into it, seeing what this has to offer. But uh, before I decide to write write the whole thing off, Yield, were you a God of War guy? No. I, th- I thought about going back and playing them, but to me, it, when I played the demo of the first God of War, I'm like, oh, this is really cool, but it's a button mash game. And I've never been much for button mashing. I mean, you I mean, can. There's, insert, way more, you, there's more nuance in in it than than just button mashing. But you can. I, I get the sentence. You can insert some skill into it. I mean, you can button mash, yes. But I mean, you can insert some skill. I mean, you still have to dodge and you know uh, appropriately time your attacks against your enemy. And and do specific combos, switch between the different weapons and stuff like that, like on the fly. It was like Devil May Cry style uh, fighting. Um, but yeah, it's it's not for everybody. I, I never that was the type of game that if somebody was watching me play, they either said I need to get this or they said nah, not for me. So I mean, whatever, to each his own. Um, Battlefront, gentlemen, Battlefront Two has missed sales expectations and now microtransactions, possibly as a result of the missed sales target, will be making a return in the next few. That's months. always the answer. <laughs> You remember what pissed everybody off and made them not buy our game? Let's throw that back in the game. Yeah, because that'll that totally make up it. for the the <laughs> loss in sales. How about making better games? Just saying. Yeah, man, I guess they were projecting ten million. They on- only sold nine million. Oh God my forbid. gosh! God forbid they only sold nine million. So now loot boxes are going to come back and piss everybody off. And I guarantee you, those servers are shut down this time in two thousand nineteen. Without a doubt, in my mind, kill the community even faster. Oh, I don't even want to get into it. Does anybody have anything to say on this nonsense? 
No. Um, the, the, the microtransaction <laughs> thing is just, yeah. Beaten to death yeah, at this you, point. Yeah, you, you, you killed off a Star Wars game because of that, so. Absolute insanity. People lost their jobs because of that, and I'm not just talking about the people who are, you know, uh, scaled down and stuff during, during uh, what do you call it, um, layoffs and stuff. I'm talking about people at the top. Their heads are going to roll from for this. Um, Alex, you got anything you want to add to to it? No, I mean, it seems like EA just they're never happy. Maybe they overproject. Uh, I mean, we saw like with the Dead Space series, like they shut down Visceral months ago. Like maybe they just overproject their games and they expect too much, and then they spend too much money, and they're like, "Oh, well, this was a failure because it didn't reach expectations." So maybe they need better management at EA because it seems like they have always kind of. I don't know. Fucked up with their expectations, their uh, their projections. Um, yeah, I, I think they think they're bigger than they are. Uh, I mean, they're a huge company. Don't get me wrong; they're worth tons and tons of money. I just think that they think more of their properties than the rest of the world does, um, especially with a crowded market in the first person online shooter. Genre. Well, they 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 have to have their expectations so high because of the licensings that they tie down. I mean, you you've got your you've got all you know all your sport games go through EA, and they're you know they're not paying pennies on the dollar to have exclusive rights to all those sports, and sure. then they spent out all that money for Star Wars, and yeah, so. And then that, that's what's so, that's is, what's is so that heart- how that went? That, 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 that's what's so heartbreaking is that everything Star Wars has to go through EA. Is that how that happened? Did they bid for Star Wars, or did or did uh, Disney approach them? Like, I, like is that did they shell out a bunch of money, or is Disney shelling giving them a bunch of money to make the games? Because I thought Disney, after shutting down, you know, making their own games, they decided to approach studios about making games of their property, hence Spider-Man coming to uh, Sony's you know, if it, you know, PS4 and stuff it, like that. If that's the case, they went to the wrong company for Star Wars. Uh, I'm just saying. I, I, e- do, I do not disagree. E- EA, right. it was. it's just like, EA's not known for their great storied games. Every so often, you'll get this small developer that... EA's like, yeah, sure, we'll give you a try, and they produce a phenomenal game. Then all of a sudden, Sony dump, EA dumps all this money into it, and that's the last you ever heard of them. So it's they've got some gems here and there, but just as a whole, it EA's not they're a sports company. That's their niche. They uh, they spend big on their games, expecting a big return, and it seems like. Uh, too often that that doesn't happen, and then they're left with this like, well, this game would disappoint me because it didn't sell enough. Yeah, it didn't sell enough and didn't make us enough money. How about you manage your money better, spend less on projects, and you know have realistic realistic expectations? Because I mean, there was that short time period where everyone stood up for EA. It was the when they introduced Dead Space and Mirror's Edge, and now it seems like everyone's gone back to hating EA just like they did before. Yeah, it's like they, they said, oh, you want new IP? Sure, here's some new IP. If it doesn't sell eight and a half to ten and a half million, we're canceling it and, and firing everybody. Yeah. Like, it, it, what? It, 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 it failed. We want eight million sold. It only sold 7.9. It failed. Cancel it. Failure. Ugh. 
terrible. I mean, look at Uncharted. Then, then the first Uncharted only sell like three million. Yeah, it, something like it, that. It didn't do that. It didn't do that well initially. I think it it had a uh, like a, a second reinsurgent after everybody was like, "Hey, this game's actually really good." And it, the uh, I won't say grassroot, but you know, like like for me, my buddy was like, "Dude, you need to check this game out." I'm like, "What are you talking about?" And then I saw it, and I'm like, "Oh wow, I should go buy this game." So I, yeah. I, I think it was one of those because they didn't really market the game that heavily. No, they didn't. They, I don't. I don't think they knew what they had on their hands until afterward. But still, it got better and better with with every Uncharted. So, but they didn't say you know sell ten million or we're not making Uncharted. Like that's ridiculous. And I'm sure they spend a ton of money on making those games. Yeah, they um, they, they let the sales determine whether or not they wanted you know right. wanted a sequel. You know when when, they, when I they hear adjust stuff, their budget when, accordingly. When too. I hear stuff like that, it reminds me back to what Square Enix did with the Tomb Raider reboot, and they said it was a right. failure. And it's like what? It it, it's, it sold the most on the PlayStation Four, but it's a failure. Okay. So you know what we're gonna do? Since it's a failure, we're gonna put it on only one system for a whole year, and that system is gonna be the one that sold seventy percent less than the other system. That's what we're gonna do. That makes sense. Anyway, speaking of systems, um, so this is interesting stuff. PS4 firmware 5.50 has adds super sampling for PlayStation Pro. Um, I don't know if you guys have a Pro. I know, obviously, I have said I do. I know Tricky does. Um, so members of Sony's PS4 system software beta have shared details about update 5.5, which adds a super sampling option on PS4 Pro consoles. Details of the update were posted on Reset Era, but Sony has warned, this is with the interesting part, that frame rates can be adversely affected. Interesting. Here's a quote. Super sampling mode can improve the image quality of some games on a TV with 2K resolution or lower. Results may differ depending on the games. In some games, image quality may not improve or the frame rate may drop. I read the, notif- uh, the notification in a screenshot posted by a former member from the beta. So interesting stuff here. It was already doing some super sampling, uh, most notably on Horizon Zero Dawn, which looks absolutely ridiculous in 4K. Uh, however they do it, it, I don't care. Whether it's true 4K, sampled 4K, I, I don't care. It, it looks absolutely incredible. So it looks like they're trying to do this for every title, and it doesn't look like it's going well so far. Anybody? Bueller? No, I have no idea what super sampling is, so (laughs) that's not my... I still have an LED TV, so... Hey, I got an LED. And and, and Horizon looked amazing on that, so... True. Yeah, I'm not really a graphics guy. It's just the thing that pisses me off about the graphics argument is that I, I can't just... I can't continue to say I have the best because, you know, we can't say that. But not that it matters, really, in the long run. When it comes to technology, um, can you ever really say you have the best? Because there's something like every week that comes out that tops what you just bought last week. True, true. Yeah, I, I guess just the the whole Xbox One X thing pisses me off because people tout it as, you know, they, oh, it's real 4K, it's real 4K. That's great, but you're, you can't play any games, so... I don't want to hear about your real 4K. Anyway, so it looks like there's some super sampling coming. Um, it's basically, basically, it, it multiplies and condenses the image as far as what I can understand, um, so that it appears to be a higher resolution than it is. But 
obviously there's some setbacks there and frame rates will dip. So use at your own, uh, at your own caution, I guess is the, is the word. Now I want to kick it over soon. Uh, I, I'm not going to go to Sophie's trophies yet. Cause I think actually this little extra segment here that Alex has come up with, um, fits in nicely here with our news. It's what's hot in PlayStation gaming. Alex, take it away. All right. Well, uh, the first thing, I was on the PlayStation blog looking up some news today, and uh, I thought that it'd be cool. I mean, we've done this in the past, but not necessarily as like its own segment or anything, just kind of lumped in with the other news. But I thought it'd be cool to highlight uh, a, a cool game coming out uh, that you might think would be a big hit with the listeners or just something that has a really original idea. So there's, there's this game coming out, and it's coming out on February 8th, or excuse me, February 13th. So just over uh, just over a week from now. Uh, so this game is called Sprint Vector, and it's described in two ways on the blog uh, as an interdimensional parkour racer, uh, as well as an adrenaline platformer. So basically, if you can imagine Mirror's Edge marrying Wipeout, um, really uh, like first person view, you can kind of see your arms chugging along as you're running. But I'm uh, getting motion person- sickness already. <laughs> well, <laughs> uh, yeah, so it's a really like really fast speeds um, races. They're going to have online and offline play. So you can uh, race in eight-player matches online with global leaderboards, or you can uh, have private matches with friends. Uh, there's also, well, actually, it, it just it looks like it, it kind of looks like a, like a Mirror's Edge racing mode in VR. Yeah, so yeah, so it's a VR game. Um, but And I said that there's offline play. It just says that you can invite your friends to a private match, so it's not actually confirmed that there's offline play, so there's probably just online play um, until we, we know more about it. Uh, but one of the, uh, the, um, the systems they use to build the game, the engine, uh, uh, Sprint Vectors, uh, and I'm going to take this straight from the PlayStation blog, so I'm going to read a little bit here. Uh, Sprint Vectors fluid locomotion system and intuitive intended motion mechanics let you comfortably attain and maintain extreme speeds in VR. Maybe that addresses your uh, your concerns about motion sickness there, Yield. Uh, fluid locomotion Murder. consists of smooth, natural arm motions and simple mechanics, which make it me- its mechanics easy to learn and addictively fun to master. And in the process of it conceptualizing the game that would fully utilize fluid locomotion, we created a physically active, mentally challenging, ridiculously fun new virtual uh, reality genre. So, there you go. Um, it's also... Um, they also, the developers, uh, Servios, describe it uh, in, in this way. And again, I'm taking this from the PlayStation blog. We're so excited to welcome you all, uh, prospective new elite athletes to Sprint Vector, a brand new high-octane adrenaline platformer that sends you rocketing through colorful space punk landscapes as a star of an intergalactic parkour game show. If that doesn't sound awesome, I don't know what does. Um, unfortunately, I don't have VR, but that certainly sounds like a really cool concept for a game uh, in VR. Again, like I said... <laughs> yeah. If you go to the blog and you watch the videos of people playing the game, um, well, so the three of us don't have VR, correct? Uh, correct. Yeah. Okay. Can you imagine Tricky throwing his arms around like this? <laughs> you know, I mean, Tricky. Tricky has a, a daughter, so I'm assuming he's played his fair share of dance games. So I'm pretty sure Tricky's flailed around quite a bit. In the, uh, I, the living room, the comfort of his own living room. 
I could tell you this. I have vertigo as it is. I've said that many times. It's the only reason why I don't have VR. But I guarantee you, my body will think that it is falling and jumping and 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 free falling <laughs> off of these things, and I will fall flat on my face trying to do this game. Yep. Yeah. Again, the game is called Sprint Vector. It's from Servios. Uh, it's February thirteenth. It is a multiplayer game. So again, there's not going to be single player component to it. But if all that sounds really cool, if you want to play uh, Wipeout and Mirror's Edge's Baby. Here's your chance uh, on February 13th. Sweet. The other thing I want to talk about, uh, as we mentioned earlier, Shadow of the Colossus comes out this next week. If you've never played it, it's a fantastic game. They had the HD remake for the PlayStation 3 following the, the original release of the PlayStation 2 version. Now it's being remade. Uh, Bluepoint Games has rebuilt it from the ground up. So uh, same game, but just it looks a lot prettier and runs a lot better. Uh, well, I got this off of IGN because I saw that someone has set the Shadow of the Colossus World Record Speedrun. Now, the thing about uh, Japan Studios games, Eco, Shadow of the Colossus, even The Last Guardian, there are speedruns built into the trophy system, which I hate. It's probably the reason I will never platinum a Japan Studio game uh, within the Eco universe, because I hate speedruns. I, I, I hate having to, to be forced to, to rush through a game. I want to take my time. I want to explore. Uh, but if you want to go to IGN, or maybe you can just search it on YouTube... Uh, they do have posted the world record speed run, which someone completes Shadow of the Colossus in an hour and 27 minutes and 55 seconds, which is crazy. <clears throat> yeah, that, that's insane. That's did, just somebody you, who knows where everything is. Did you stop to fight anybody? Well, there's no, there's no like enemies within Shadow of the Colossus. So basically you start in this temple and then you they gives you a hint and you go off to find um, one of the Colossi that you're supposed to hunt down. After you beat that Colossi... You uh, or after that, you beat that Colossus. Then you go back to the to the um, temple. You get your next clue, and then you go fight the next Colossus. So it's basically like Punch Out, and that you're fighting sixteen boss fights. Right. Uh, I I watched. I clicked around and watched what this guy does. He he doesn't. He basically doesn't run. He he dives dive rolls. If he has to walk anywhere, he has dive rolls, so he gets there quicker. It's just it, this is somebody who knows the game inside out and backwards, and knows exactly the timing of every monster. Um, really impressive because I think it took me like twelve hours to beat well, <laughs> Shadow. Well, Colossus there are the also multiple it. ways to get on some of the Colossi. So, like maybe I mean, yeah, you can get on get on in multiple ways, but maybe you don't know the best way, and it's some of them. It's actually really hard to get on them, so. The fact that, you know, someone might say, oh, it's 16 boss fights, an hour, 27 in that bad. Well, these are not just regular boss fights. Like, these are, like, the game. So they take quite a while, not only to get to, but also to figure out how to beat them. Some of those boss fights took me a half an hour. They're, like, towering giants. You're not going to take them down in minutes. Like, well, obviously for... he did. Except for maybe the first well, one. Well, he, he's a freak. Yeah. <laughs> he's played that game many, many times. All right, and that is what's hot in gaming. Thank you, Alex, for taking us on that splendid adventure. Um, now I would like to take the time to kick it to uh, Sid for Sophie's Trophy. Hey guys, how are we all? Sid again with Sophie's Trophies episode 26. Um, this week, guys, it's another small indie game. Um, it's one of the best games I've played in uh, recent months, I have to say. Um, it cost me around about £6.00. And it was money well spent. Um, okay, the game is called Slayaway Camp. Um, it is a 
sliding block puzzle um, in the vein of 80s slasher movies. Um, the characters are all Minecrafty type characters uh, made of blocks. The whole game is, is made of blocks. Um, and the basic premise is you play the part of the slasher in various movies called Slayaway Camp and uh, its subsequent sequels. Um, there are nine main levels to play through and each of them has between 8 and 16 levels, I think, um, or scenes as they are called. Um, so let me try and give you a little overview of this, guys. Um, your character can go up, down, left, right. So if you push right, it will go all the way to the right until it hits a wall. Um, if there is a character there, um, i.e. a, uh, I don't know, camp counsellor, let's say, for instance, or, hell, let's just say a victim. If there is a victim there, he will slide across and kill the victim. Um, if you come down to the side of a victim, the victim will scream and run off. Um, whichever way it can. So if you come down on the left side, the victim will go to the right side. Now, the whole idea of this game is to move your um, slasher around um, and kill all the counsellors and then make it way back to a portal. Now, the whole point of the game, um, it's basically a puzzle game. Think of the old sliding block puzzles you used to play. Um, I'm, I'm guessing quite a few of you have played this. these um, and that's basically what it is. That is the easiest way to uh, explain the game. Now, that doesn't sound too exciting, does it, really? Let's face it. But when you put in the fact that every time you kill somebody, there is a different kill, uh, sometimes there will be a little video of a kill. You can skip these if you wish. Um, there are a lot of killers to unlock and a lot of what are called gore packs. Um, now, these are different ways of killing. Um, the game is very tongue-in-cheek and the movies uh, start off at Slayaway Camp, go all the way up to Slayaway Camp X. Um, it follows the same formula as the Friday the 13th films, pretty much, um, i.e. number three is in 3D, um, you know, number eight is in Manhattan, um, it skips number 9 because, let's face it, that was not a proper Friday the 13th movie. It goes straight to number 10, which is uh, in space. So it does follow that formula. Um, all of the killers you can unlock are based on movie characters. There are no licenses in this game. They are just um, based on, so they can get away with it. Right, let's go through these trophies, guys. Um, the first one, as always is Slasher. Now this is the Platinum Trophy, collect all of the trophies as always, um, and it is a 19.0% rarity. Um, let's go down the list. House of 100 Corpses. Um, kill one, 100 victims across all Slayaway Camp movies. This is quite an easy one, as you play through the game you will do this. Um, killer of the Elite. Uh, kill a SWAT cop. Now these guys have lasers, if you get in front of the laser they shoot you. You can't attack them head on unless you have turned the lights off um, and only some of the levels allow you to do this. Uh, Maniac Cop, uh, Killer Dumb Cop. Now these guys, they have little targets in front of them. If you land in the target, uh, they will shoot you. But 
you can attack them from the sides or from behind. Um, okay, Killer of the Elite, I'm very sorry, is a rare trophy, 40.6. Maniac Cop is a 94.8. So, you know, quite, quite common trophies, those ones. Uh, Psycho Cop, kill 30 dumb cops across all Slayaway Camp movies. Um, easy enough, kill 30 cops. You'll do that as you play the game. Um, now, there are a few trophies here that are for killing people a certain way. They do happen naturally. The first one is the hunger. Kill a victim by knocking over a fridge onto them. That is an 80.1%, a common trophy. Very easy to get. Okay, now, there is a thing in the game called a mystery box. It's, it's a loot box, basically. Um, you pay a 1,000 coins to unlock the loot box. Um, the first one you can get is uh, Creepshow, unlock five killers using the mystery box. Then Puppet Master, unlock 13 killers using the mystery box. Uh, Puppet Master is a 27.5% trophy, that is a rare. It's also a silver. And Creepshow, the five one, is a 33.8% and that is a gold. Um, let's carry on going down the list. Okay, I've mentioned these already. Um, needful things. Unlock one gore pack. Now, this is the kills you can buy. There are grenade kills, I don't know, freezing kills, um, all various different ones. I will go into the game and tell you about those in a moment. Um, Little Shop of Horrors. Unlock 13 gore packs. Um, okay. Now... In the game, there are killer codes that you can use. They unlock different killers. Um, you know, you can find them online. It, I wouldn't say it's a cheat, guys. It, it just unlocks new killers for you to play around with, basically. Um, but there is a trophy for unlocking one new psycho killer using the mystery box. Um, and that is called Child's Play. That is a 59.7% uh, common trophy... And I think it's a bronze, guys. Um, so, yeah, if you use the killer code, you will unlock a load and then just unlock one of the boxes and you should get a new psycho killer. Um, I got somebody that looks remarkably like Chucky. Um, okay. Rest in pieces. Kill a victim with a landmine. That is a common trophy, 74.8%. Uh, six feet under kill a victim by scaring them into a hole now if they're stood next to the hole and you go up to them and kill them that will not work you have to scare them so they run into it so go to the side of them and they will run in there again it comes very easily prince of darkness kill a victim when the lights are off 40.3 uh, percent rare so uh, quite a rare one really because that is later on in the game i don't you know and if people haven't made it that far which to be honest, guys, you should. It's not a hard game. Um, shocker. Kill a victim by scaring them into an electric fence. 36.0% rarity. Um, again, later on in the game. Um, quite quite an easy one to do. Um, okay, let's just go through these quite quickly. Fire, walk with me. Kill a victim by scaring them into fire. That's a really common trophy, 98%. Uh, the deep Kill a victim by scaring them into water. Again, really, really common. 94%. Uh, faster Pussycat. Now, this one. You have some levels where there are animals in there. They're all cats. Um, I think these people like their cats. Um, and you have to get through a level 
uh, with a cat without killing it. Now, to be honest guys, I don't get this trophy because you have to do that anyway. You cannot kill any animals. Um, it is a very common trophy at 52.5%. Like I say, you have to do that. You cannot complete a level when you kill an animal. Okay, next. Cabin in the Woods, Complete Slayaway Camp, that is the first movie, that is a 96.6% common trophy. Then you have uh, Part 2, then you have The Mummy, um, basically uh, 2.5. Uh, Carnival of Souls, that is Slayaway Camp 3. Uh, the Faculty, that is Slayaway Camp 4, set in a school. Deep Rising is set on a beach. Flatliners is in a hospital. Graveyard Shift uh, is in an office. Uh, Frank and Weenie, um, that is for completing part 8, which is called Manhattan Manslaughter, and Galaxy of Terror, called Space Camp. Um, the trophy rarities, they do start from... Let's go back up here, guys. Cabin in the Woods is 96.6%, as I have said. But when you get down to... Uh, let's say the last level which is Galaxy of Terror that is down to a 27.2% so not many people are really finishing this one guys I don't understand it it's not a hard game um, and it is really fun to play um, a few more here these are the gore packs there are trophies for unlocking them uh, My Bloody Valentine which is uh, the gore pack called Broken Heart uh, The Silencer which is a grenade See No Evil uh, double blind, I think it's a pitchfork of some kind uh, no, beg your pardon, I don't know what double blind is um, the Texas Pitchfork Massacre uh, that's a gore pack called Sprunged um, sorry guys, I think blind might be shears um, I think it's taking the mick out of a scene in Friday the 13th uh, 5, I believe it is um and then you've got Milton's Revenge uh, with a staple, Firestarter, which is fire, Hellraiser, uh, called Demonized, and so on and so forth. Now, the easiest way to do that one, guys, which is what I did, I have to say, um, when you've built up a bit of money in the game, um, just basically buy as many gore packs as you can, then quit out of the game, download your save from the cloud, and you will have your money back. Um, and just keep doing that till you bought them all. It just makes it a little bit quicker. Um, whenever you finish a scene in the game, you have a little mini game. There is a bar at the bottom with a red area inside it. Um, with an uh, arrow that goes left to right. You have to stop the arrow in the bar. Very simple to do and it just has a little cutscene of somebody else dying. Now, you can play that game. After you finish the fourth foo, beg your pardon, guys, the fourth film, um, and you just keep playing it and playing it and playing it. It's a good way to earn a little bit of extra money, and also there are some trophies in there. Um, the first one in that one is get a score of five. So press it, kill somebody, it carries on, press it in the red again, it carries on, so on and so forth. Um, there are trophies for five. 10, 13, 20, and 25. Um, the little game is called Faces of Killed 3. Um, it's not really that difficult. The bar that you have to hit, or the area you have to hit, does get smaller, guys. So just be aware of that. 
Um, I actually had Mandy do it for me because um, she's nice like that. Um, so, yeah, that is the basic premise of that game and a basic overview of the trophies. Um, it's a really easy one, guys, I think. Um, really good fun. If you're into your 80s horror films um, and can get all the references, you will get a lot out of this game. Um, it does get a little bit tedious towards the end, but, you know, most games do, to be honest, if you've been playing them long enough. Um, right, guys, that is it for this week. Slayaway Camp, definitely worth a pick up. I really enjoyed this game, guys. Um, one of the best I've played for a while. Um, so, yeah, that's it. As always, guys, if you want to get in touch, Sidders1978 on the PSN, Sid at Proven Gamer on the email, uh, Sydney on the Twitter and through the Trophy Horse Facebook group. Um, so, yep, yeah, Slay Away Camp. Go for it, guys. Really good. Have fun and keep getting those trophies. Bye. And we are back. Thank you so much, Sid, for a riveting rendition of your Sophie's Trophies. It was truly riveting. I'm just kidding. I haven't listened to it yet. Oh, you actually haven't even sent it to us yet, so I hope it's a good one. Sid always <laughs> I know delivers. Last week, last week I actually really enjoyed. It. I I edited last week's show, and uh, so I got to listen to the you know the show straight through as I was editing it. And uh, I know that he had he did transistor on my behalf. He didn't get to finish it, and he was very upset about that for some reason on Facebook. He was saying how disappointed he was that he 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 felt like he half-assed it. I thought it was really good content. He's very well spoken. He's very well thought out. Um, so I look forward to seeing what he has to say this week. But that is going to bring us to the topic of the week. Um, interesting little thing that I that I, I had noticed. Um, this is from IGN. Hang on one second. I want to open it. I apologize. I usually have this stuff open already. Okay, so PlayStation hardware sales have dropped. However, software sales soar. They go through the roof. So, PS4 hardware sales have dropped year-on-year in Q3 2017, but software sales more than made up for the decline. Announced in Sony's latest earnings report, the games division as a whole earned 718 billion yen, which is $6.5 billion in U.S., a 16.2% rise that led to an 84, uh, $85.4 billion, which, a, which is a $778 million in profit, a 50% increase from last year. 50 percent increase that's absurd anyway the big thing to take from this though however is that hardware sales have dropped from 9.7 million to 9 million that's not a crazy number however this is the first time that in q3 the ps4 has sold less than it did the year before so the topic i would like to throw to you guys is that with the Xbox One X coming out and being a markedly more powerful system, and we don't really know what they have in store for us for the rest of the year, as far as software goes, plus the Nintendo Switch being already outselling the Wii U complete in its complete life cycle, and it's only 10 months old, with, with these two consoles on the rise, and the first real evidence of the hardware of PlayStation 4 on a decline... Do you think it is time to start thinking about revealing and possibly in the next year or year and a half releasing the PlayStation 5? Ab- I'd like to start it with yield. Absolutely not. Uh, mm. the, 
the heart the software sales are still doing fine. I the the games are just starting to hit their or the developers are starting to hit their strides with the system. I mean, look at Horizon. So I I would think now all of a sudden, you know, as they're just as developers are just starting to really harness the power of the four to turn around and go, hey, we're going to switch gears. Here, here's the five. I mean, I, I, you can always point back to look at the three. The latter part of its life was when all the great games come out. You know, you had, you know, you had, uh, uh, they really pushed it with two, Uncharted 2 and Last of Us. Now, granted, that's all Naughty Dog. But a lot of your latter games, even Red Dead, was graphically better because they knew how to develop for it. And I feel they're just now hitting that stride with the with the four. If you all of a sudden start pushing out dev kits for the five, it, you're you're going to kill it. The console already. I mean, you you've already decided that everyone's jumping on the 4K bandwagon. So we came out with a you could arguably say a PlayStation Five already with the 4K's versions. So I I, right. I think we can hold off for you know, three or four years before we have to start really starting to go, Hey, look, we're going to do something new. My, my counterpoint to that. And then uh, once I finish up, I'll, I'll kick it over to you, Alex. My counterpoint to that is the PlayStation four pro was a reactive, um, modular upgrade to the, the PS4. But one might say that without it, they would probably suffer a little bit more, especially with Xbox, coming in and, and dropping this, this uh, you know, the 1X, the, this big 4K hammer. Um, I'm wondering, because both Microsoft and PlayStation and, and Sony did have iterative mid-step consoles, does that effectively mean that the console life cycle is actually shorter? Like, it's actually physically shorter because they had to get something more powerful out the door? So... Does that mean that we may only have two years, three years left in this cycle? Because we 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 just started, we're in the we have we are just starting year five of the PS4. Um, the PS3 was 2006 to 2013, so you're looking at seven years there. So I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that in year seven, which is just about two years from now, um, that we're not looking at a PS5. PS5 at this point. Um, Alex, I want to kick it over to you. So, I mean, it, from the numbers that you gave, it decreased around like 700,000, which, I mean, it's a pretty significant number. It's not like the, it was cut in half or anything, but, I mean, we're at the point in the life cycle. The, the PS4 came out in, what, 2013. It's been, you know, be, what, the fifth year uh, at the end of this year. And, you know, over time, it you know, people buy the console and the sales of the, the, the PS4 have been great so far and you know you know as the console starts to decline in sales you see software sales go up because more people have uh the console can buy more games uh whereas you know with each year that goes by each month that goes by there are less and less people to buy the console because plenty of people have the console um or your install base is growing so that combined with the success of the nintendo switch which i don't think anyone can write off because it has outsold the uh playstation 4 uh over numerous months I think that it has all contributed to the PlayStation 4 decline in sales, but it's always there's always going to be a natural decline in sales because your install base grows, which means you get more money from software, but you don't have as many people buying the console. So I don't think they need to, you know, 
start talking about a PlayStation 5 or anything like that. It's just the way the life cycle goes of a console, and you can't get around that no matter how good your console is. There's only so many people that can buy your console, or that will. True. There, there's two There's two lines on the graph. One is the console sales, as they go up, that software sales, they, they kind of crisscross as, you know, one goes down, the other one goes up. And But... <sighs> I guess the another reason why I think that they may it may be time to at least talk about it with the developers. Um, we don't have anything announced outside officially announced outside of 2018. Um, we can guess, we can say, you know, Death Stranding is a 2019 game. Maybe, yeah, that's fine. But some people have even thought that Death Stranding might be a next gen game, but then that that was quickly debunked. I think Death Stranding is going to be the swan song of the PlayStation 4, personally. That's what I think. I think it's going to be the that Last of Us game that is going to round out the PlayStation 4's life cycle. It'll get a 4K up-res 60-frame edition for the next PlayStation console, whatever it may be. Um, just like Last of Us did. Um, I think that if you, in in... At E3, or maybe not E3, but what's the what's the conference that's in that that just happened or is about to happen? Is PSX, it CES? PES, or PSX in Vegas. Um, I think you're maybe. thinking of CES. I think I'm thinking of CES too, but I I don't know if maybe that that might not be the the good one to do it. But um, you know, you do have PAX East or whatever. I mean, typically, I like Tokyo surprised. Game Show is a great spot for Sony too reveal something. sure i don't think it's out of the realm of the poss- of possibility that this year they are giving developers some specs to go off of not necessarily a dev kit because you don't really need it because if it's going to run on the same architecture the same chipset just more powerful more ram uh faster clock speed maybe a maybe a more powerful uh, gpu um some, maybe a solid state drive something like that if you could just tell them hey here are your benchmarks this is what we're going to be working with with the next hardware. Um, I don't think that it's out of the realm of possibility that next year at E3 2019, this thing isn't revealed and on sale in the fall of 2019 or even uh, in March of 2020. Um, maybe they do like a uh, um, the what Nintendo did where they release in, in March and they have like a slow build to the holiday season in 2020. Remember, 2020, that's, that's seven years. That's a seven-year life cycle. That's That's... PS2 to PS3, that's PS3 to PS4, kind of start, you know, keeping with the trends here. Um, the only wild card I really think is Microsoft. What the hell are they going to do? If they stick with the X, I mean, you have to, you feel like they have to stick with it for at least three years. I mean, they just made people spend $500 on the thing. Yeah, um, I, the only thing I have to say about, you know, your theory is that I think that that would be, instead of being proactive, I think that'd be reactive for Sony in the worst way possible. I mean, yeah, yeah I mean, you can say that the timelines kind of match up, but... I think we're at a point now where we see longer life cycles because it's not as easy to increase graphical fidelity, and so few people have like the play, the, you know, the the higher end televisions, the 4K televisions to you know truly take advantage of some of the new consoles they're putting out. So I think that you know this is one where they need to, you know, not rest on their laurels, but you know stick with the PlayStation 4 and continue to put out great content and focus on the software because I think doing more hardware and you know. As you get like closer, because typically they lose money on hardware, so the closer you get from one hardware, the birth of one hardware cycle to another, 
you're spending more money to get the consoles out there. So I think any move, at least this early, uh, would be, and I still consider it early, would be reactive in a bad way for Sony. Do you... Hmm. I mean, that, that's that's interesting that you would think that it would be re- reactive. Um, so one outside of graphical upgrades and whatnot, I think that one of the other possible reasons that you would want to have a newer, better hardware is because of how <clears throat> how they're leaning on, or at least they should be leaning on uh, PS Now. They have to compete with Xbox. Uh, games for gold and and that um what's the name of their their... games for gold is the whole deal that's supposed to match playstation plus right no there's the other one that they have where every game now all the first party games are going to be available to stream it's ten dollars a month you could you could uh, download not stream but you could download any game and play for ten dollars a month um i forget what the name of the the damn uh thing is called on xbox but you don't have but you don't uh, need to have new hardware to compete with that do you games pass that's what it was um, no, but however, PlayStation now, I think you do in, in a sense that you're streaming the games. So I think if you have a, granted where it's coming from is what's doing all the horsepower, but I think they may want to play around with how PlayStation now works, um, that they may need something a little bit more powerful so that they can compete with the, the, input lag the you know maybe it streams but it doesn't but it but it backloads onto your system so that you're playing you know three hour chunks of the game that are downloaded onto your system and then they they get taken out as it goes along something like that i don't know i just feel like the technology for ps now has to step its game up in order to really compete with what xbox is doing with the games pass i mean games pass is dirt cheap for what they're allowing you to do so for- 60 dollars games are 10 dollars a month to play so for me, that's kind of crazy. Yeah, I mean that's a great deal. Um, from what I've heard over you know the life cycle of the PS3 and the PS4, it's not that the hardware is lacking; it's that the online infrastructure for Sony is not as good as Microsoft, and I think that's where not necessarily graphical fidelity, but right there, online infrastructure and online play is where Sony can really step their game up. Now, uh, PlayStation Now might be a part of that. But let me let me pose this to you, Stephen. I've got plenty of old games that I that I own. Uh, I've got a Super Nintendo. I've got my PS3, and I've got my Dreamcast. Guess how often I go back and play those games? And they're, they're I don't have zero percent. Yeah, exactly. So I think <laughs> that the ability to play old games sounds nice, but the the really the viability of it isn't 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 really there because a lot of people who would play those games are in their thirties, forties, maybe late twenties. There's not as you as you know and as Yield knows, life like takes up a lot of time, responsibilities like you know being social, work, family, and the ability to to play a lot of new games as well as old games too. It, it just isn't there. So people are going to play newer games or games that are been released in the last five years that maybe they didn't play the first time around. I don't think they're going to go back and be like, oh, I can play this game for, or I'm going to pay, you know. Ten dollars the service a month to play all these old games. You know, maybe they sign up for it, but the the the, the actuality of it is they're not going to play a lot of those old games. What if it's the new games though? What if they follow what what Microsoft's doing and they put all their new games on there as a service as well? Um. So I just don't see that. that I just don't crazy see. Thing. I just don't see that happening because then people people have no reason to go buy 
the new games when you can get them for ten bucks a month. Well, I mean, it's kind of like uh, what WWE yeah. Network did, uh, or WWE with w- did with the network is that they now provide right. uh, you pay ten bucks a month and you get the the pay per view, so you're no longer spending fifty bucks on a pay per view for a month. Uh, it's also like there's a thing called Movie Pass, which you pay. Uh, I get, I think it's ten bucks a month. But it's ten bucks. I'm I'm a proud card holder. You get to go see as many movies within that month as you want. Now you only get to spend a certain amount per day. I understand, but you can go see a movie every day with Movie Pass, and it's ten bucks a month. Yep. So it's along the same lines. You know, <clears throat> I I think that again, I don't think that they necessarily need to to have new hardware in order to do. I, I think what you're calling for in the improvement for PlayStation Now is not a need for new hardware. It's a need for like better planning, better infrastructure, and just a clearer vision for what PlayStation Now needs to be. Because it looks like you know Sony has been out of the gate with PlayStation Now long before Games Pass, but it seems like Games Pass is not doing it better than what Sony is. Do you think that they can make these improvements on the current in the current cycle, or do you think they? you know have to hit the reset button on whatever comes next no i think they can definitely uh i mean we've got software updates uh firmware updates that improve our system stability all the time um i think that the playstation 4 is powerful enough that they can make the changes they need to without having to hit the reset button as you might say Um, the problem with sony and all that is sony is not one to say die very very easily i mean look how long it took them with the playstation 3 to finally admit that you know what? Maybe we're a little too cocky. They, <laughs> they, they, they tend to start to ride this high of look, we're doing good, and everybody's doing what we say. It, it, it takes them a while, and and as much as I like to to poke fun at Microsoft, it's it's these types of things that they're doing with Games Pass that will get Sony to rethink some of the strategy that they're doing. The, the the whole thing with backwards compatibility was just a dig at Sony because they stuck their foot in the sand and said, we're not doing it. No, you're not getting it. And there was a cry for it, so Microsoft did it. And, and Alex is right. The nostalgia is there. You'll go back. You might do it here and there. But 85 90% of your gamers, and that might be a little high, is always going to play the newest stuff because you know us adult gamers don't have 80 hours a week to game so one would wish yeah one one could dream yield yeah so so it's <clears throat> sony does need to do some some things with their uh their technical designs every time they they dork with the playstation store they seem to make it worse than the version before it. And they're like, look, this is awesome. And everybody's like, no, it, it you just made it harder. Thanks. So, I mean, there are little things like that that they can do. And I, and I agree with Alex. I think that they could still do it with this system. It's just a matter of them not being so stubborn and going, okay, you know what? We, we need to redo this or we need to make some tweaks. Gotcha. All right. Well, that's going to do it for, uh, for the topic that's going to do it for the show um awesome awesome stuff really good discussions here um well let's uh let's let's wrap up the show let's get into some housekeeping well before we do that uh, uh we got an email from one uh resident daryl 
and he writes, Dear Trophy Horse, I'm a long-time listener and first-time and a long-time emailer. Very nicely done there, Daryl. Uh, my question this week is for Tricky. What is it like to have less platinum trophies than a fan-favorite former guest on your show? And he's, of course, referring to himself, Resident Daryl. So, Tricky has a response, although a very weak one, um, at that. So, hold on. Let me let me pull up my phone here. Tricky's answer is, I don't know. I'll let you know if it ever happens. Bold words there, Tricky. Bold words. So. Wait, wait, wait. wait. Doesn't Daryl, Resident Daryl, have more Platinums than Tricky? Yeah, uh, he did. Well... Yeah. He might not. He might not as of now recording, but as of the email, he did. No, go away. Okay. What the fuck no, was that? Right. I'm sorry. I thought right. I thought it was tricky cutting in. That's why I was like, no, uh, go away. Oh, I thought there was a dog <laughs> that burst in into your room. Um, it's very possible. He, he's he's being dragged away. <laughs> yeah, yeah, whatever. All right. <laughs> let's 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 do the housekeeping because Tricky's talking and nobody can hear him. Let's so. clean this shit up. That's right. As always, Proving Gamer is looking for help. We're always looking for help. We're looking for podcasters, writers, video editors, uh, news creators. That's right. Go out there and create some news. Um, Whoa, we, we, don't, we don't create streamers. news. We report news. <laughs> sure, sure we do. <laughs> um, we're looking for YouTubers, Twitch streamers, all all of that jazz. If you go to ProvingGamer.com, there is a Help Wanted tab. You click that and fill out an application and somebody probably tricky most likely tricky yeah it, it's gonna be tricky we'll get back to you i'm not, and, I'm not uh, dealing with that know. shit <laughs> um if you want to get a hold of us there are many different ways to do it don't ask me what they are because they're not written down here they just say email they just say twitter um and uh, okay, I, well, God well, on, I i'll this. never remember that stuff uh trophy, However, <laughs> trophy horse at provengamer.com is the email and if you want to get okay. a hold of us on twitter i'm at sonosaurus rex Tricky is at Tricky Mick, Yield is at I Yield to No One, and Steven is Batchild27. Correct. All right. Yeah. That that's good. Um, if you want to reach us, we do have a phone number. Yield, what, how, how could they call into us? Uh, you can use the SpeakPipe app on the Ooh. webpage or the Facebook page, or you can go call the phone number at 330 Proven 9. 330 7768369. God bless America. It's a beautiful country. We do have other podcasts. We have PG Spoilers, which is kind of a off uh, off the record, off off kilter, nonsensical podcast where we all argue with each other and fight each other. But you could also be a part of that if you wanted to create your own little podcast. Send it to us. We'll edit it and we'll throw it up there on PG Spoilers. We also have the Smart Marks, which is a professional wrestling podcast. We have Nintendo Dual Screens, which is the show that I host uh, on my uh, on my on my other days that I'm not doing Trophy Horrors or anything else, uh, which is our Nintendo podcast. And we have Game Stuff. Which which is a general games discussion podcast. All of those podcasts can be listened to on Apple Podcasts, formerly known as iTunes, which everybody still refers to it as iTunes, and they get very upset with us. Uh, Stitcher, um, Google Play, really anywhere where you could download uh, podcasts. However, iHeartRadio streams this show, Trophy Whores, and the Smart Marks. So you can go over there and listen to it over there if you'd like. Uh, we do have some PlayStation 4 communities. Uh, we have the T-Dubs brothel because Shuhei Yoshida won't let us say whores on PlayStation Network. You're you're very welcome, Yield. <laughs> and uh, Yield, you have a PlayStation 4 community as well, don't you? Yes, uh, the Platinum Guild. Just a place to come. 
post your latest platinum, say, hey, look, this is where I'm at. Yay me. Or hey, yield. You, or if you uh, – yes. Um, just just a little uh, a little tip. You know the description like for the the Platinum Guild like towards the top before like you get down to the message wall on the okay. PS4? Uh, it still says 2017. Yeah. Bring in the new year. Yeah. I, Bring I, in the I, new year, I changed yield. it. I changed it. <laughs> I was trying to think of something cool to say and I couldn't. So the other day I was like, okay, let's do this, and I changed it. Just write to just write 2019 and screw and just mess with everybody. <laughs> well, those on, are our communities. We do have some. Oh, there's also a proven gamer community on the the network. On oh, right, there is. Yes, yes, you're right. Yes, you're right. There is a proven gamer community up there. Um, you could also find this on Discord. Uh, you could search proven gamer. I don't know how Discord works to be honest with you. I don't know if you need like an invite or something. I'm sure you could find it. Go ahead. Go look for it. You'll find it. It's good stuff. We post a lot of funny stuff up there. So have fun in there as well. Um, we do have some sponsors to thank, as always, and, and Pimp, and and, and uh, as it were. Uh, Amazon.com. If you go to ProvingGamer.com and you click on any Amazon.com ad and do your shopping like normal, uh, we get a little kickback and it helps keep the website running. We do greatly appreciate it. Um, it has helped us ring in 2018 and keep the lights on for all of this year based on what we did last year so thank you very much for supporting us in that way if you have amazon prime you also have a free twitch prime subscription which you can give to our twitch channel which is always greatly appreciated remember you do have to re-up every month go to twitch.tv slash proven gamer and give it to us right now go ahead do it i will wait Mm -hmm. slash there yeah there you go proven gamer okay yeah, yeah, you could press pause. You don't have to watch the video. It could be a little loud. It was me, probably, from last night. Okay. Or, well, last night as of recording. Okay. And right at the top right. Yes, there it is. There it is. Subscribe. Amazon Prime. There you go. You did it. And now you're subscribed. Just remember to do that in 30 days. Well, 28 days, right? Something like that. It's February. Anyway, uh, we have another uh, sponsor, and it's Extra Life. Alex, tell us about Extra Life. Extra Life is an annual gaming charity event run to benefit the Children's Miracle Network of Hospitals. If you want to get involved this year, you go to extra-life.org, and um, from there you can sign up uh, to join a team. You can sign up and play on your own. You can create your own team, whatever you want to do. Uh, Every year, Proven Gamer has a team, and you are welcome to join that team. Uh, From there... Do it. Hmm? Huh? Nothing. Just saying. Encouraging them to do it. Oh, yes. Do it. Uh... But yes, so from there you're going to get spot. You're going to select a Children's Miracle Network hospital to represent. It can be anyone you like, but we assume it'd be one close to where you live. Uh, and then you get uh, donations or sponsorships for your 24-hour, 25-hour marathon, whatever it lands on the this year. Uh, what you need to tell people, friends, family, coworkers, whoever donate, is that 100% of the money that they put toward to sponsor you in your gaming marathon goes to the Children's Miracle Network hospital that you have opted to represent. The model for Extra Life is play games, heal kids. It's really a win-win situation. There's no better example. So uh, definitely get out there early. If you've never uh, played before, go to extra-life.org and sign up. Uh, if you have played before, go ahead and go to the website and re-up. Uh, the longer you put it off, uh, and I know about this for a fact, uh, the longer you put it off, the chance, the greater chance that you won't do it. So just go ahead and re-up or sign up today. Thank you very much. And I don't know if you've noticed, but I received a $500 donation a couple of weeks ago or last week. Damn. Big, big time stuff. Yes. Um, a friend of mine, 
who donated $500 last year, he his the company that he works for promised to match him, uh, but they couldn't get it into uh, last year's, I guess, budget or whatever. So they did it this year. Um, I don't know if they want to be named. I think they donated anonymously, so I don't want to name them uh, out here on the air. But thank you very much for that generous donation, putting us on the right foot here just one month into the year uh, fundraising. Folks, we also have a Patreon page. Um, if you go to patreon.com slash provinggamer, we do have multiple tiers for you to support us at. Just for a dollar, you can help us out tremendously get us new equipment uh we're able to do different types of shows um it would really improve the product if you go on to patreon.com and become a patron of proving gamer anyway that's going to bring us to our shout outs yield uh, shout it out baby uh, shout out to steven for hosting alex for being here uh shout out to tricky doing his tricky things on the corner Hey, a shout out to all the pimps in the madam of the whoredom for downloading, downloading, listening, everything that is Proven Gamer and Trophy Horrors. We greatly appreciate it. Uh, and that'll do it me this week. It'll be a light one. Alex. Uh, as always, I want to thank first and foremost the listeners. Thank you all for pouring more gasoline onto the fire that is Trophy Horrors. Without you all, the show would not get to where it is. The show would not get to where it's going. So thank you all very much for sending, spending some time with us every week. We truly appreciate it. And as Yield, Yield would say, thanks for spreading the word of the whoredom. Um, I want to give a shout out to uh, Stephen for hosting. Uh, thank you, sir, for taking over the reins and doing such a damn good job of it. Uh, thank you, Yield, for no recording thank you. with us. Uh, thank you, Tricky, for you know distracting us every once in a while by inserting your opinion. <laughs> uh, and thank you, Resident Daryl, for uh, trolling Tricky and his race to 100. Uh, thanks to Sid for another great episode of Trophy, Sophie's Trophies. Like I said, Sid's very self-conscious about his recordings, so even if he does a top-notch, spectacular, perfect job, then he's not going to be happy with it. So uh, everyone gives Sid a hand and some praise for how well he's done with it and taking Sophie's Trophies fire, higher than it has ever been. And since I wasn't here for last week's Royal Rumble talk uh, following the show, uh, I do want to give uh, some shout-outs to the people who were involved in that. Uh, obviously, like a shout-out to AJ Styles, who uh, retained his title and put on a fantastic match. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and say that I think it needs to be discussions now that AJ Styles is the best wrestler ever. Not just of the now, ever. Um, let and you, you just created a PG spoiler. Let you just marinate on that. Uh, shout out to the Hurricane who came back, uh, as well as Mysterio, as Rey Mysterio. Uh, but my most shout out is going to go to the Women's Royal Rumble, which was I had more fun and enjoyed the Women's Royal Rumble match more than I have enjoyed most matches in wrestling probably in the last five years, maybe a decade. Uh, it was great to see all the legends. It was great to see some of the younger talent get in there and get the spotlight shine on them. Uh, yeah, it was just a fun thing. So I uh, definitely want to give a shout out to uh, some some ladies who uh, I remember growing up and I watched on television. Uh, Lita, Tori Wilson, Trish Stratish, Beth Phoenix, Jacqueline. Um, it was great to see all of them back again. Michelle McCool. Michelle McCool, Kelly Kelly. Uh, they were both in there she too. She killed it. Um, and uh, of course, Vicky Guerrero was in there. Uh, if you want to see it like a very touching moment, you go see the discussion that Sasha Banks has with Vicky Guerrero about Eddie Guerrero and her influences on and his influences on Sasha Banks and her career. Um, but yeah, it was great to see all of them back in the ring. They could all still get in there, and they they were like they still look great. They're all in great shape. They could all go. Oh, Molly Holly, who could forget the flip that Molly Holly did off of the top rope. Uh, a true surprise <laughs> entrant into the Rumble, but a very welcome one because she's one of the better women's wrestlers of the last two decades. Um, Alundra Blaze was on the pre-show. It was great to see Alundra Blaze. So uh, for all the women that could not be in there, um, 
who have passed on. Uh, it was great to see the women get in there and mix it up in the Royal Rumble. Is one of my favorite matches in a long time. So, um, yeah, those are my shout-outs. Excellent. Um, and I would like to just shout out my wife and my mother who are watching my children and keeping them away so that I could do this recording. Um, thank you, Tricky, for allowing me to host this week. I really appreciate it. As always, I apologize for my absence. It has been very difficult to sit down and record this uh, the two shows a week, um, especially because Nintendo Dual Screens has been pushed to weekends. So a lot of times that falls on Sundays now, um, usually very late. Um, but Either way, it's, it's becoming very difficult for me to juggle both shows. So I do appreciate everybody's patience with that. Um, and as always, all the support that we get on our various social medias. Thank you very much for listening. Um, shout out to you guys for, for tuning in every week. Really do appreciate it. Um, <clears throat> shout out to Andy, who came over and introduced my, me to the Monster Hunter world, uh, quite literally and, and, and figuratively. Um, and uh, that's it. So that's going to do it for this week. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Again, this has been Trophy Whores episode 335. Um, as always, be excellent to each other and happy trophy hunting. Later, and while you're being excellent to each other, go buy your friend a copy of Shadow of the Colossus for the PlayStation 4. Peace out. Molly Holly was always awesome. The theme song is Venus by the band Even off their album Zenith. Permission granted by the band and 12 Stone Records. You can find them on Facebook by going to www.facebook.com slash evenphilippines. <laughs>